Advent is a time of expectation for Christ's coming. You know, we wait for the day that when he will return. And we Catholics believe this. Christ will return at, at the end of history to fulfill his kingdom and all his promises. But we not only look forward to that, we also in Advent look to the past. We look to the first coming of Christ in the incarnation because the way in which Israel was awaiting for the Savior is a model for our own waiting. So we have these two comings, the future one, the one in the past, the first coming, and we also wait for his hidden comings in the meantime through the many, if you want, visitations of his grace and his providential signs in our lives, the ways in which he calls us to himself or tries us at times, the Lord comes many, on many occasions to us, and we need to be prepared. And on this, on this first Sunday, I'd like to focus on one of the, of the great temptations that we may have in connection to, to expectation, and that's not to expect anything at all, to just lose hope, to think there's nothing to wait for after all. You know how it's in every field of life. We, a great source of motivation in what we do is the prospect of improving and growth. So in so, take your social life, for example. You know that you come to a new community and you can meet new people and make new friends and you can develop those relationships. And that's, that's a great motivation to know that I can, you know, can expand my social life and also how I view myself. Or in the field of career and education, I know that if I take this class or that, go to that conference or connect with these people, that can open new doors for me. And it's a great motivation to know there's, you know, there's you know, good possibilities out there. And it can happen that in the field of prayer and the spiritual life, we think, well, there's nothing really to wait for. Once I have the basics of going to Mass on Sundays, what, what else is there? You know, why spend more time praying? It's just many, maybe just empty hours looking at the wall. It's the kind of temptation that the Israelites went through when the explorers came back from the promised land. You know, they sent explorers to kind of scout the, the promised land, and they came back with this discouraging message saying, oh, it's super hard to get there. And the inhabitants there are very strong, and it's a land that devours its inhabitants. So don't even try. And at times we may feel that way in our spiritual lives. Like, yeah, it might be great to be a mystic or a saint, but it's impossible. I mean, nobody does that, right? And so we just, just push it aside, out of the mind. And that, I think, is a temptation many of us have to spiritual sloth, to realize that, well, spiritual goods have no traction with us. And if that's your feeling at times, I would ask you, in, in, you know, I encourage you to regain hope that God wants you to connect with him. The Lord wants you to know him. You're not meant to live a, you know, a mediocre, middle ground, spiritual life. No, you can grow. All of us are called to that connection with God. And we can develop that. And don't lose hope thinking, I'm not a spiritual person. It's not about being spiritual or being emotional or something like that or being poetic. Being in connection with Christ it's not for some people that have some unique gifts. We're all made for relationship, right? We all need friends. We all need family. We all need love. We all need God. 
It's not for some unique individuals. In recent times, I've been in, in four different retreats. And it's amazing when, um, when faith is awakened by the Holy Spirit, what people discover this new, completely new landscape. It was um, many people came there from many walks in life. Some of them were AU students who grew up Catholic and you know, went to Mass with their parents, kind of dragging their feet. Others were adults who go, went to, came to Mass maybe once in a while. Some are non-Catholics who are seeking. But so many of them, they, they had this amazing encounter. And they said things like, you know, I never thought that God would notice me. But I was wrong. Or others said things like, you know, I experienced the presence of God and his, and his love for me like never before. And even even uh, some guys that I know that were not very, you know, are rather unemotional, I would say. They, they said, well, I didn't feel all this warm feelings, but I definitely have this longing to know more about God. I want to pray. I want to read the Bible. I don't know what, where this desire is coming from, but I definitely want that. And I'm not talking about two or three people. I'm talking like something like 200 Catholics here in the D.C. area in the past five months. This is something that God intends for each one of us. Not to lose hope in the perspective of growing in our spiritual life. God has this amazing inheritance for you as his child, his son or daughter. He has an inheritance. and He wants you to unpack what that is. A priest that I knew once, he had a parish in the downtown area and uh, once he was asked to celebrate a funeral mass for this homeless lady, and he thought, well, we'll have the, you know, the altar server and maybe someone else, and that's it. It's going to be an empty church. But to his surprise, there were like 35 people at the funeral mass, and he discovered that this lady had some property. She had a will, and when there is a will, there are relatives. They show up, right? And so talking to this relative, she, he discovered that this lady... Well, she used to live in the dump, collecting trash and cans. And, but she had some property. She had a, a nice apartment in town and different plots of land out there. She had started living in the streets because of depression and becoming estranged for, from her family in her early years. And then her parents left her all of these properties. She had, was actually quite wealthy. But you might wonder how someone with all that money couldn't just lead another kind of life. And what he discovered through those conversations is that she was so used to that life, to living in the streets, that she, transitioning back to a normal life and get a job and live in a home was just too much for her. It was overwhelming. And she stayed living out in the streets. And I think at times that's an image of many of our lives. We have this amazing inheritance from God, and we choose to live in the dump. We could live in a castle, we could live in this huge mansion, but we are out there collecting something to get by. And God says, I have this tremendous gift for you. And many people have discovered that. Many have. Why couldn't you? You know, when people discover Christ, when they, uh, their faith is awakened in that way, they experience healing. They may have been through rough 
a rough past or childhood, but they receive a lot of strength and healing grace. They can find a new balance inside of them. Or the relationships that were broken or estranged start to become reconciled, also healed. But most especially, what they do is they start to know Jesus as a real person. Jesus is not, not, so, not so long, not, not anymore, I would say, someone they discover in a book, like a character in an ancient story, but someone who is alive and who knows them, who could ask them, you know, so how did your interview go? Or why are you looking so down today? Or tell me what's your week like? Someone that really knows them and who, that they know, a true connection with Christ. You and I could have that. We can all, we're all called to that profound relationship with God. So we need to shake off spiritual sloth and start climbing. Jesus says, if you want to have that, climb up here. It's not impossible, but it's not easy. If you want to have it, you need to train. Not just try. Train. Develop a discipline. Developing habits. You know, I sometimes look at Michael or Fatima and I see them play the violin and I say, how amazing would it be to play violin like that? I wish I could just one day come into church, pick up the violin and play that way. It doesn't work that way. It takes a lot of training. Well, the spiritual life does also take a lot of training. It's not that one day I will pick up prayer and go into this amazing prayer. I need to develop certain habits of mind and soul, of insight, understanding and acceptance. So the Lord is saying to us, wake up, come up. It is possible. Why would you think it's not possible just for you? you know, do you think you are excluded from my love for some reason? Or that I would, um, wouldn't notice you? If that would you feel like, well, God will say to you, try me. Try me, and you'll see. I won't disappoint you. So let me suggest a few practical takeaways to conclude. The first one is we need to set a limit on things that dull our spiritual awareness, our spiritual sensibility. Many things, many distractions in our lives can uh, uh, become like an uh, insulate us from God, become this sort of wall between us and the Holy Spirit. Whether it's, you know, angry thoughts, too much too many distractions, technology, alcohol. Is there something that I need to diminish or get rid of to enter more deeply into this Advent? Something that is dull in my sensibility. It could be something very simple, like turning off the notifications in all the social media apps that are constantly pinging me. You know? Maybe just turn those off. Have a more quiet Advent so you can focus more on, on Christ's presence in your life. You're not always, you know, agitated in your thoughts. The second thing, second practical takeaway is do something that will awaken hope in you. Do some good action for someone. Walk the extra mile to help somebody at work or in school, at home. Do something for someone on the streets. Maybe bring a pair of socks or a coffee. Strike up a little, you know, short conversation. Pray for that person. Do something that will force you to go out of your comfort zone and do something for someone else. It's not going to be just for that other person. It's also going to be a sign of hope for you. 
that you can function differently. And finally, do something also, sign, make a little plan for Advent. Something that I usually find helpful is get one of those blue books or, or even online, there's uh, the plan of best Advent ever that Dynamic Catholic usually puts on. It's a free program that you sign up for and you get a daily video meditation. Right? So that's a simple thing to do. Just Google best Advent and you'll, you'll find it. But find some tool or something that will help you organize this Advent season as a season of expectation. May we pray. Lord Jesus, I want to grow closer to you. But I find myself often distracted, scattered, stressed. So help me get rid of the many things that are a source of distraction. And let me climb up your mountain, Lord Jesus. Rekindle in me that desire to know you. Because I, would, I was made for you. I know that. I was created by you and I was made to, to know your path for me and to know you personally. So allow me in this time of, of Advent to seek you, to seek your face, to be attentive to the signs of your presence in my life. In your name, Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen.